and welcome to a new episode of Digital Coffee. And I'm your host, Brett Deister. And happy Friday, as always. It's a new episode, so that means you got to get your coffee cups ready. We're going to be talking about Overwatch 2's controversy, AMD FSR 2.1. Also, Atomic Heart, Red Dead Redemption 2, Cyberpunk 2077, and starfield as well and my main thing i'm going to be talking about this week is how gamers can really think that video games are real life now and we really need to stop it's not real life people it's it's a game you escape real life but don't escape real life for it to become your real life that's what we're talking about this week so let's get those coffee cup ready and let's get brewing Mmm, that's good. All right, so first up is going to be Atomic Heart. Is looks like it's going to be day one Xbox Game Pass, and the release window has been confirmed. Now, I've been very excited for this one because it's developed by Mudfish, and it's an action RPG, which has some interesting little things to it. It's like a very, like, futuristic, but still not futuristic, like almost 80s vibe type of a thing. So that's... Very appealing to me, but the release window will be winter of 2022. So coming up pretty quickly. Now, for those of us that are actually on Xbox Game Pass, we'll be able to play this without spending extra money on it, which is always a good thing. And looks like it's going to be on track for this launch window. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it will be released, but it's on track. So we will see when this actually comes out and when we can get our hands on it, if it's actually going to be a good game or not all right moving on to amd's newest fsr update 2.1 and this is supposed to if you don't know it's fidelity fx super resolution if you don't know the actual acronym but it's the newest version of its dlss competition or dlss competitor to nvidia's dlss fsr is but it's supposed to be improve image quality in games while reducing artifacts and also ghosting and shimmering that you maybe may have seen if you actually have an amd card now this this is you can use this for both amd and nvidia it doesn't matter which one they've open sourced this but it's primarily going to be used for amd but this is a good thing to help make it look better fidelity and also boost those frame rates as well. Cause DLSS and FSR is all about that. It's all about boosting the frame rates and making sure that it looks as good as if you didn't compress some of the images that you've done before. So this is a good thing. It should be interesting to see how this actually does and how much it actually has helped with the fidelity of the graphics quality while boosting those frame rates as we always want to see. Now, moving on to Electronic Arts has unveiled the new studio for the narrative campaign of Battlefield. It is Ridgeline Games. This is the one that's going to be working on specific single-player experiences or maybe help with the lore around the multiplayer experiences. Not really quite sure what they're going to be able to do or what they're going to continue to do with this, but it will help with creating a little bit more of a cohesive story because 2042 is a bit of a mess 
from a lore story wise, it was supposed to be a little gritty, a little dark, and it didn't really the the gameplay itself wasn't really that way. So hopefully this will help with combining this stuff and making it seem like just a better cohesive part of this. But it should be interesting to see what happens. And under the new ownership of Vince Zampello, who is the founder of Respawn Studios, how the Battlefield franchise will take it into the future because that's the biggest thing. Now, it does look like they'll be the only ones to use their Frostbite engine because Bioware is not using it at all, which is understandable. It is a difficult engine to work with. I think they've, some people have like equated it to like a Porsche, unless you know how to really drive a Porsche, it's really difficult. But anyways, let's hope the next battlefield and the continued updates of this battlefield will be even better and actually return them to the pedigree they were with Battlefield 2, with Battlefield 3, Bad Company, Bad Company 2, and Battlefield 4 at the end of the life cycle. Not the beginning. But Battlefield 3 specifically, let's see if they can return to that type of pedigree. All right, moving on to an interesting mod with the Hail Master Chief collection. Now, these modders, about 14 of them, want to create basically a cohesive game between Halo, Halo 2, and Halo 3 to be one giant game. Now, they've said that there's nothing wrong with the Halo games. They just want to basically do this because they love the game so much that they want to have one cohesive thing. I think it looks interesting what they're going to be able to do. The re the shaders and just the graphical upgrade will help a little bit. It's going to be a little bit of an upgrade for this one as well. They will have enemies from all three games that will get rid of some old enemies for new enemies that they'll create. They'll create new maps. They'll be doing a bunch of things to help with making this seem like a one big giant map, almost similar to Halo Infinite, but maybe actually much, much bigger than Halo Infinite. So it should be interesting to see what that does. Now they said that they're going to make this only for PC because PC can handle this. There will be a, they said four player co-op, but online there will be no split screen because it's on PC and we don't really do that on PC. So that's fine. But it could be interesting to see if this works out well, how well this actually works out. All right. Some surprising news from Bethesda. They officially launched servers for Wolfenstein enemy territory. Now this came out in 2003. So this is pretty old game. As far as standards, this is about a, a 9, 19, 19, 9, 19, 19-year-old 19 game. So it's it's almost a 20-year-old game, to be honest with you. But that's very interesting. Enemy Territory was a really good multiplayer version of Wolfenstein. It was created by Splash Damage, and that's what actually put them on the map. They did a few other games that did quick Enemy Territory, which didn't really live up to the hype that people were hoping. It was a very interesting game, just kind of fell flat. They've done a few other ones that didn't really pan out for them too well, but it's very interesting to see. Now, you can get it for free on Steam, or if you have Xbox Game Pass, you can get it for free through there as well. But you can play the old game multiplayer, which is actually pretty good, to be honest with you. That's actually a really cool thing. They brought back an old game for you to play again to see how great or how terrible a multiplayer is from 2003 to now, but 20 year old game, just about a 20 year old game 
now has some new servers to actually play. So go ahead and play. It's free. What else do you got to lose? All right, moving on to Red Dead Redemption 2 is, well, it's a fond farewell to that one and GTA 5 and GTA Online and Red Dead Online as well. So GTA 5 got a lot, a lot of support throughout the years. Red Dead Redemption 2, not so much. It actually was kind of put out to pasture a while ago. It did some updates. Last one was a pretty significant one called Blood Money in July 2021. But they didn't really do much to it. It seemed like they didn't really know what to do with it. And I, to be honest with you, they probably should have kept support until Red Dead Redemption 3. But there may actually never be a Red Dead Redemption 3. There should be. It was a good game, Red Dead Redemption 2. But we'll see i'm i think it's i think it's not the best idea but i'm skeptical about gta 6 in general i mean look at saints row has not been well received by critics or audience which is never a good thing when both of them don't like it usually it's one of the other critics hate it and audience love it or audience hate it and critics love it so it really depends but yeah just not so sure about this move away from what they could expand upon, but they just don't really want to expand upon. They just want to move to GTA six, which I get. It's a, it's a, it's a game. So fair enough. I mean, not much you can do about that. All right, moving on to cyberpunk 2077 and well, some good news and some bad news, depending on who you are. Good news for next gen and PC people. You are getting the first and only DLC expansion. Bad news. Last gen consoles. You're not. You're not getting anything really. Maybe get some upgrades. You may get some updates to help with it, but you're not getting the new DLC. Now, Keanu Reeves is coming back for the new DLC as well. So I guess that's a plus, but beyond that, there's not much, much else going on. The reason why I think this is the one and only because they are moving everything over to Unreal 5 and because they have a license agreement or a partnership. I'm not sure which one it is, but one of those, they have an agreement with Epic to use the Unreal Engine. So they're probably just want to transfer that over quick, more quickly than before and using their old, their old red engine just doesn't really work out for them anymore. So I, I kind of get it. I wish they didn't really just quickly rush away from it because there could be some very interesting ways of dealing or using this, but that's a business decision that they're all for. So I can't really say much beyond like, should you really have just done this all of a sudden? Really? And moving on to the next gen, Witcher three is still on track to release this year. It's going to be for the PS5, Xbox Series S and X and for PC as well. So it should be released October, December-ish, which should be interesting to see if what upgrades they have done with this, what next-gen upgrades are there, what enhancements are there, is there DLSS, is there ray tracing in here, or is there FSR as well? Which ones have they done? If they've done both, great. Like, it, it should be interesting to see what they're going to be doing with this, with the hair effects, because when they did the hair effects with the NVIDIA stuff, it just did not look good. And you always turned it off the hair works or whatever it was called. 
That was pretty awful. But it should be interesting to see what they actually do with it, what is going to be improved upon, and what's not really going to be improved upon, how it's going to look altogether. All right, moving on to a new controversy with Overwatch 2. You know those new heroes that we always got in this Overwatch that were just unlocked? Yeah, you're not going to get that for this one. Not at all. So you're, you're, you're going to have to get the battle pass. You can still do the free track and eventually unlock it. But if you really want to play the new hero now, you actually have to get the battle pass to get it quickly. Now, I don't really like this because it's... It's going against what Overwatch is when new characters release. You just get to play them and that type of thing. But everything else, cosmetics and stuff, were either you had to unlock them through loot boxes or buy them, which I'm fine with. Even with battle passes, just buy the cosmetics. Fine, that's completely fair. But this whole thing of like doing what, what Apex Legends and all the other ones are doing is... It's not good. It's kind of annoying. It's starting to get annoying because everybody's doing this and I don't like it. And the influencers or some of them are just like, Oh, why are you so mad about this? Don't like you don't, don't play all the other heroes to, I think it was J3 that said that it's just the one trick that says that you'll actually change. I'm like, yeah, that that's a small group of people. There's a bunch of people that actually do play several different heroes. And so it would be nice to actually test out the new hero to see if I actually want to play it or not. But if I have to wait, if I don't get the battle pass, that's not good. I don't like this. I'm fine. Like I said, I'm not fine with it. I'm okay with battle passes. I don't really like them that much. I think they're worse than loot boxes. Loose, at least loot boxes, you had a chance to win. But battle passes just like, oh, buy this battle pass. And then you still have to unlock a whole bunch of stuff. It's kind of like, it's just so annoying. But this is the modern state of gaming. They just, once they release the game, they really want you to spend more. So free to play just becomes really expensive. If you really look at it, you spend way more than you would just get from buying the game itself. So fine, whatever. I'm not really happy about this, but they said that there'll be more information to come. That people have just mistaken this as something that's not true, but I'm like, mm, it's probably actually pretty solidly true but sure we'll give you the benefit of the doubt to explain yourself all right moving on to starfield and it looks like starfield could have a survival mechanics involved with this one it looks like some eagle-eyed gamers have found that it looks like there will be some type of food slash disease type system with this one probably oxygen as well since you are in a spacesuit and especially if you have to go out in spacesuits there are a certain level of oxygen that you can have in your spacesuit, so you may have to like, check that as well. But there will be a survival mechanic, especially on Venus, which will be uninhabitable and probably a little bit more difficult to explore. So it should be interesting to see what that entails for that one in general. So, hmm, like I said, could be very interesting. Could be something check out if you're wanting to do actually do that but all in all i i think it actually seems sounds pretty cool to me like having like you have to bring food you have to make sure that you don't get a disease or bring some antibiotics or something like make it a little bit more interesting than just what they're usually about which is 
maybe food, but not really. You can make food, but I mean, the previous ones you can make food, but it really didn't really matter if you ate it or not. It just gave you some benefits, but this could be interesting to actually play with the those mechanics in place and you actually have to monitor them. So something else to monitor as well. Okay, moving on to GameStop news. Now, I I really go into GameStop because there's really no point for me to go there. I go there every once in a while and I have nothing really else better to do. I'm in a mall and I'm like, I don't want to go here, so I'm going to go here. But it's interesting to see that they're trying to like split the baby in some ways. They're committed to the brick and mortar store, but they're also committed to becoming an e-commerce site as well. But they're also committed to NFTs and the blockchain, even though NFTs doesn't really, isn't really that great right now. Bitcoin and everything else from cryptocurrency to NFTs have been hit quite hard with the inflation and everything else, plus with China and Russia basically blocking mining as well. It hasn't really done a really good, hasn't helped as much. And it Bitcoin just seems to be losing more and more money, which is unfortunate, but here's the thing. Will it eventually be the future? Probably in some form. Will it be in this form? Probably not. This is the current form of it, and we haven't seen the full reach or breadth or depth of cryptocurrency or even creator coins or whatever else you want to call this type of stuff. So it should be interesting to see what they're actually going to be doing with this. But GameStop is trying to be be relevant. And the issue with relevancy is that it doesn't always work out that way. Unfortunately, that is the issue right now is that relevancy with GameStop is Gaming has changed to be more mostly digital and you mostly buy your digital games through either Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, or Steam or the plethora of other digital digital distribution sites on PC. So with that added pressure, a lot of box games just aren't really worth it to a lot of people because you can just buy them through the store instead and not have all this extra stuff all around so it does it does help with eliminating a lot of stuff that you have because games take up space and you always have to figure out a way to deal with that space but that's where we're at it's unfortunate but i don't think in the long run gamestop's going to be around but i could be wrong it could reinvent itself it's trying to reinvent itself but it, it's at that time of a bygone era of gaming that we've slowly seen go away. So if they can pivot to NFTs and if NFTs actually stabilize and are actually pretty good, then that actually might be worthwhile if they create their own NFTs or they work with developers and publishers to create custom NFTs that could actually really boost it as well. But we'll see what they're actually going to be doing with this. Will they become the gaming of of OpenSea for NFTs? They could be, that's a really good business model for them in the long term, but there will be a lot of hurt in the short term. So you got to weigh your short term and your long term gains on that one. So we'll see. I know that a bunch of people during the pandemic helped out GameStop because people were shorting it. So that helped them survive for a little while longer, but we'll see what actually happens in the long run. If it'll actually work or if it's just, they're just trying to do something to save the company. It is interesting. 
All right, moving on to my main topic is, well, I hate to say it, but gamers, come on. I've seen on Twitter, the thing that sparked this was that I was just looking through Twitter and someone was complaining about how in Spider-Man game, Spider-Man works really closely with the police and the surveillance state and blah, 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 which already really happens in real life. But the issue I had with it is like, why does he work so closely with it? And I was like, why do you care? It's a game. Like seriously, there's a difference between a game and real life. And some of you just don't understand that. Like, I get it. If it was a real life implication, if there actually was a Spider-Man, which there's not in real life, that would be a different topic altogether. But we really need to distinguish and not place so much emphasis on things that aren't real. That's the problem with society is that we can't distinguish between reality and not reality. And it's blurring more and more. I understand that with the metaverse trying to be what it is, even though I don't think it will work in its present form right now, but my issue with this is Spider-Man's a game. Yes. The police do actually make, cities safer if you allow the police to do their job not be terrible police those should be punished but let the police do their job it does make cities safer period there is no other way around this we've seen this in the past two years but the problem is is that people have a problem with police and i'm like well you got a problem with laws and justice and all that other stuff but if you have a problem in the game about something fictitious and you say it's a real problem. I'm like, no, it's a fake problem. You're making up a problem. It's not real life. You don't see a Spider-Man swinging around New York. You don't see Iron Man. You don't live in Azeroth or one of the other mini plethora of games. I love gaming, but there is a, but I do distinguish between what's real life and what's not. I mean, I could go with when Mandalorian season was it season two or season three, whichever one where Groku at ate the fictitious alien race and everybody got upset because he was committing genocide. And I was like, they're not real. He's committing nothing. He's committing fictitious genocide because it was a joke that you took way too seriously. And that's the problem right now. Stop taking games too seriously. They are not reality distinguish between gaming being an escapism you escape reality to play in games that's the point of gaming it's not to make it your real life i want you to be healthy people but we have to deal with this what it is it is not real It is not real. Deal with real life issues in your life and don't care about what happens in game. It's a game. It's meant to be played. It's not meant to be taken seriously. Can there be great stories in games? Yes. I love when games have great stories. I loved Witcher 3 story. I thought it had some great side quest stories. But I knew it wasn't real. It had some like major implications within the game. And that 
seem to mimic real life and that's fine, but I knew the difference and we need to understand the difference. You should be concerned about what happens in real life. You could be, should be concerned what happens with your fellow citizens, with your country and with what's going on with schools, children and everything else. You should be concerned about that. The game aspect you should not be concerned about. You can be upset when companies make ridiculous business models that just don't make sense. That's fine. But making big issues about something that happens within the game is not. We need to distinguish. We are not doing a very good job right now for whatever reason. And that's my thing for you. Please understand Spider-Man works for the police. That's fine. It's not real. And make your life better. But do you disagree with me or agree with me? Let me know in the comments below. But as always, thank you for listening to Digital Coffee. As always, please subscribe to Digital Coffee and all your favorite podcasting apps. Leave a five-star review if you like this podcast. And... Join me next week as I talk about what's going on in the gaming industry. All right, guys, stay safe. Get to bettering your life and don't sweat the stuff in games. And see you all next week. Later.